I was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time Sin separated The breach was far too wide But from the far side of the chasm you held me in your sight so you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt i owe broke my chains freed my soul for the first time I had hope thank you Jesus for the blood applied thank you Jesus it has washed me white thank you Jesus you have saved my life brought me from the darkness into glorious light you took my place laid inside my tomb of sin you were buried for three days but then you walked right out again and now death has no sting and life has no end for i have been transformed by the blood of the lamb thank you jesus for the blood of thank you jesus it has washed me white thank you jesus you have saved my life brought me from the darkness into glorious light there is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood, the blood that calls us sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood, the blood. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood, the blood that calls us sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood, the Jesus for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has 
brought me from the darkness into glorious light. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful. I want to just uh, take just a moment and just say thank you tonight for allowing me to be here and to be a part of this service. Um, it's been a been a while. Barbara and I have been here before. It's been a while, um, but we we always enjoy being here at Hopewell and visiting with you. And um, you're always kind of like an extended part of our family, Brother Barry and Miss Laura or just like family to us. And as Brother Barry alluded to earlier, he and I were prayer partners for a long time. We had the privilege to spend some time together on the mission field together and uh, actually room together. So, um, you know, God has really used him in my life in a lot of ways, and, and I really thank God for that relationship. And um, I thank you for allowing us to be here. I want to take a moment and say thank you again to our, our Oak Grove Church family and those, those friends who came uh, to be a part of this service tonight. I want to thank those of you from Weed Baptist Church who came to show up and be a part of this service tonight and, and my kids and, and our, uh, our Westview Church family. So we just, we're just thankful to be here tonight. As we begin to... Um, um, get into scripture tonight. I, I, I really, you know, I was excited when Brother Barry called me, and and um, I don't. When Brother Barry calls me and asks me to fill in or or to come and, and do a service for him, I don't take it lightly because, um, just like he said, I, you know, I believe with all my heart, brother Brother Barry is a man of God. Brother Barry is a man who seeks God's heart and he seeks God's leadership and God's direction. And I'll go ahead and tell you. As far as I'm concerned, um, you guys have one of the best pastors in all of South Alabama. I, I thank God for Brother Barry and his heart. Amen. Give God glory. And, uh, but I just, I, I respect him a lot, and I know he's a man of God, and I know that uh, he wouldn't call me if he hadn't prayed about it. And so I know that God's desire was for me to be here, and I didn't take it lightly, and I began to pray, and uh and begin to really sit before God and, and, and spend time in prayer. My wife was gone to Birmingham this week for the first part of this week, and I literally spent all day Monday uh, just me and the dog alone. The dog don't say much, so it was just mostly me and God. And, uh, and, and I spent time in the Word and spent time before the Lord, 
and just really seeking God. And it's amazing to me, and I know, you know, this is Easter season, Sunday is Easter, and this is Good Friday, and and it was crucifixion day. Good Friday was crucifixion day. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's all focused on uh, crucifixion and the cross and, and Jesus giving his life for us on the cross. And all the songs that we sang tonight were uh, based about the cross and, and the blood of the cross and the sacrifice of the cross. And believe it or not, the message that God laid on my heart this week was simple, but the title of the message that God laid on my heart this week is Why the Cross? Why the Cross? One question, why the cross? I'm going to open up with a word of prayer, but before I do, if you will, turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, and I just want to read one verse as we get started. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus I really want to focus on this one verse in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 18. I'm going to share some more scripture with you, and I'm going to refer to some other scripture, but the message that God has laid on my heart tonight is basically going to hinge on this one verse. And so, if you will, turn there, and while you turn there, I want to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father God, I thank you. I thank you so much, God, tonight for your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, I thank you tonight, God, that you are a righteous and a holy God. Father, I thank you tonight that you are a God of mercy and a God of love. And, and, and God, tonight, Father, you love us more than we can even begin to imagine. And Father, I ask you tonight, God, as we gather in this place, Lord, and, and we sit beneath your throne, Father, tonight, I ask God that you would literally move everything out of the way, and God, that we might focus on you. Father, this is not, tonight is not about me, it's not about Brother Barry, it's not about, uh, it's not about Hopewell Baptist Church tonight, but, but God, tonight is about you and Jesus Christ and your love for us. And Father, I just ask you tonight, God, that you would literally move everything out of the way. And God, just begin to speak to our hearts, Father. I pray tonight, God, that you would open our blind eyes and let us see the truth, Father. I pray tonight, God, that you would open our deaf ears, Father, and let us hear your word. And Father, tonight, I pray, God, that you would literally, uh, God, bring us to a place where we would open our heart, God and receive that which you would have us to receive tonight. Father, I ask tonight that you do that which only you can do in this place. Father, I ask tonight, God, that you glorify your name in this place. Father, you fill this place with your power and your presence, Lord, of the Holy Spirit. Father God, right now, in Jesus' name, have your way in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Y'all got to bear with me a little bit tonight. I, I, I told Miss Laura, <clears throat> I've, been, <clears throat> I've been on medication for sinus issues, and so the medication does, it, it is helping, and it's, it's kind of drying my sinuses up, but it's also drying everything else up too, so y'all just got to bear with me as a, Every now and then I'll pause to get a drink of water. But as we talked about a while ago, this Sunday 
is what is commonly known as, popularly, we call it Easter Sunday. I, I kind of prefer the term Resurrection Sunday myself. I prefer the, the term Resurrection Sunday because Easter is the celebration of the day that God raised Jesus Christ victoriously over death, hell, and the grave. It was the, the greatest day in the history of this world to this date. It was the greatest day in the history of this world to this date. But, but just a, a couple of days before uh, Jesus was resurrected, from the dead, just a couple of days before Easter morning, on a Friday, we have what is considered to be the darkest day in the history of the world. The darkest day in the history of the world. You see, we celebrate Sunday because of what took place on Friday. We celebrate, this, we celebrate Easter morning, resurrection morning, because of what took place on Friday. You see, the, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 18, it says that Christ suffered once. Christ suffered once for sin. I, I, I want to read this again. For Christ suffered also, for Christ also suffered once for sin, that uh, the, the, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. The Bible says for for uh for Christ, for Christ suffered once for sin. The just for the unjust. The righteous for the unrighteous. The holy for the unholy. Christ suffered for you and I. Being put to death in the flesh, he was made alive, the Bible says, by the Spirit. The first part of that verse literally says Christ suffered. Christ suffered. Suffered. You see, now, now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and, and tell you uh, when, when you look at the duration, when you look at the totality, when you look at the severity of what Jesus endured, what Jesus endured at the hands of sinful man, it was horrendous. When you look at the totality and the fullness of what Jesus endured during the, the crucifixion that he went through, it was horrendous. Jesus suffered at the hands of the government. Jesus suffered at the hands of the military. Jesus suffered at the hands of religious leaders. Jesus suffered at the hands of the mob. When you look at everything Jesus went through, it was horrendous. I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you tonight. If we could really see everything that Jesus endured, it would make you weak at the knees and sick at the stomach. What our Lord endured for me and what he endured for you. When I look at the cross, Brother Barry, I see a reflection of two things. When I, when I look at the cross, 
First of all, obviously, I see a reflection of God's great love for mankind. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that tonight. So when I, I look at the cross, I see a reflection of God's great love for mankind. But, but secondly, when I look at the cross, I see a reflection of the darkness and the depravity and the wickedness of the human heart. When I look at what Jesus endured at Calvary's cross, I see a, a reflection of the, the wickedness of the human heart. Did you know that the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says that the, 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 the human heart is, is wicked and deceitful and desperate. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of man is capable of, of far more than you and I are willing to, willing to admit tonight that the heart of man is capable of. The cross is a reminder of the wickedness of man's heart. The Bible says that between, the, you know, the, the, the cross to me is a reminder of, of, of the darkest hours in the history of this world. The Bible says that, that literally between the hours of noon and 3 p.m., Brother Barry, it says the whole world was covered in darkness. Literally and figuratively, that Friday, before the, before the resurrection, that Friday was the darkest day in the history of the world. So, so people often ask, why? Why, why? why did Jesus have to die such a cruel death? Why, did, why, why in the world would God allow his son to endure such, uh, such uh, a punishment and, and such cruelty at the hands of, uh, of human man. Why? Why the cross? Why? Now, I'll be honest with you, I could probably preach all night on that one question. I could probably preach all night on that one question, but Brother Barry told me to keep it to three hours. <laughs> so I promise y'all, I'm just kidding. I promise y'all I ain't going to preach all night. I'll make a deal with you. If you'll listen fast, I'll preach fast, and we'll get out of here. If we're here long and ain't because I'm long-winded, it's because you slow it here. I could probably preach all night on that one question, but I, I want to try to shorten it down for the sake of tonight. I want to try to condense it down, and I want to focus on three brief points, if you'll just bear with me a little bit. Three points. Point number one, why the cross? It satisfied God's requirement for righteousness and holiness. It satisfied God's requirement for righteousness and holiness. God is a holy God. I'm going to say it again. God is a holy God. Everybody say that with me one time tonight. God is a holy God. God's a holy God. 
The Bible says in Exodus 15, uh, verse 11, that no God matches our God in majesty and holiness. God is the holiest of holies. There's no God like our God. God is a holy God, and we need to understand that tonight. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2, there is none holy besides our God. God is the only one that is truly holy. God's a holy God. God's an awesome God. Isaiah uh, verse, uh, chapter 6 and verse th uh, number 3 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He fills the earth with his glory. Our God is a holy God. Because our God is a holy God, he requires us to be holy. Because our God is a righteous God, he requires us us to be righteous. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 it says as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct. As he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written be ye holy for I am holy. Because God is holy, he requires holiness and righteousness. God can never ignore sin. We need to understand tonight, God can never turn a blind eye to sin. God is holy. God is righteousness. He cannot ignore sin. Because of God's holiness, God must deal with sin. See, the reality of it is tonight, if God ever one time, for one moment, for one second, turned a blind eye to sin and he said, well, Brother Barry, you know, I, I realize you, you, know, you messed up. You shouldn't have done it. It was sin. But I'm going just this one time. Can I tell you, if God ever turns a blind eye to sin just once, he ceases to be holy. He is no longer a holy and a righteous God. Because God is holy and because God is righteous, God requires us to be righteous and holy. And because of God's holiness, God must deal with sin. Can I tell you tonight, the cross satisfied God's righteous requirement for our sin. The cross satisfied God's Righteous requirement for our sin. God is righteous. God is holy. Holy, holy, holy is our God. Not only is God righteous and holy, but God is also a loving God. See, number one, God is, is righteous and holy. So the, the cross was necessary because God is holy. But number two, the cross is necessary because God is a God of love. God is a God of love. The reality of it is tonight, God loves you more than you'll ever begin to imagine. 
God loves me in, in all of our sin and all of our wickedness and all of our failures and all of our what we like to call mistakes. In all of that, God loves you more than you'll ever begin to imagine in all your life. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3.18, Christ suffered for us, the just for the unjust. Listen to this, that he might bring us to God. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. The Bible says in Romans 5.8 that God demonstrated his love for us in this that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While I was still in my mess, Brother Robert, Christ died for us. He went to Calvary's cross and, and stretched out his arms and laid down his life for you and I while we were still in the biggest mess we've ever been in in our life. Why? Because God loves us. The Bible says God showed his love for us in the fact that Jesus died for us. Let me read to you Romans chapter 8 and verses 30. Y'all bear with me. Romans 8 verses 37. Y'all bear with me. I'm getting there. Romans 8 beginning in verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, listen to, what, listen to what scripture says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's love. That's love. The Bible says, I am persuaded that nothing, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Ain't you glad God loves us tonight? Say this with me. God loves me. God loves me. The Bible says our, our, mo our most famous, our most favorite, our, you know, probably the first passage of Scripture that we ever learned in, in Children's Church of Vacation Bible School, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm so glad tonight God loves us. Because God is holy, he has to deal with sin. But because God loves us, his desire, Brother Barry, is to deal with sin and not have it uh, destroy man at the same time. His desire is he has to deal with sin. But God's desire is to deal with sin in a way that it doesn't require him to destroy all of mankind. We, 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 we see in, in, in the picture of, of the cross, in the, in the picture of the crucifixion, 
we see what, what is known as the substitutionary purpose of the cross. You see, we had a substitute. You know, every time you, you read through Scripture, you, you can read through the Old Testament. The Bible is full of stories um, that give us a parallel illustration, if you will, of the substitutionary purpose of the cross. When I think about one real quick that comes to mind is, is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Y'all know the story. Isaac was a, was a child of promise. Jesus was a child of promise. Isaac was born of a miracle conception. Jesus was born of a miracle conception. The Bible says one day, oh, you know, Isaac was, was, was uh, Abraham's child of promise. He was given to Abraham and Sarah in old age, and, 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 and God worked a miracle, and they had a son, and his name was Isaac. And he was like, he was like, I, he was Abraham's world. Abraham loved his son. And the Bible says one day God came to Abraham, and, and God says, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac, and I want you to take him to a place that I'm going to show you, and there I want you to offer him as a burnt sacrifice to me. Mm. You know what the Bible says? Abraham knew that Isaac was the son of promise. Abraham knew that God had promised him that through Isaac, his, his, his seed was going to be like, it was going to literally be, be greater than the, the, the sands on the sea or the stars in the sky. He said, look up, you know, look up at this and see. That's how many descendants you're going to have. So Abraham knew that his, the, the promise of his descendants was through Isaac. So he knew that if God required Isaac's death, God was going to have to raise him up. And the Bible says, Abraham, he prepared everything that needed to be prepared. And him and Isaac started out on a journey. He, he, he placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulder. And as Isaac marched up the hill, he carried the wood on his shoulder just as Jesus carried the cross as he marched up Calvary's hill. And the Bible said, as they going up the hill, in one hand, uh, 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 Abraham is carrying a, a knife uh, that represents the, 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 the crucifixion instrument, the, the, the instrument used to punish sin. And in the other hand was a torch, Brother Robert, that represented uh, the, the, the fiery wrath of God. And as they begin to walk up the hill, they begin to walk up the mountain, the Bible says that Isaac looks around and he says, Father, Abraham said, yes, son. He said, Father, I, I, I see the wood. Father, I, I, I see the knife. Father, I, I see the fire. Where's the sacrifice? Abraham choked back the tears, and he said one of the most profound things, I think, is anything's ever been said in Scripture. He said, my son, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. I'm so glad tonight that God provides for himself a sacrifice. 
And the Bible says as they reached the top of the mountain and, and they begin to go through the process and Abraham gets the wood ready and Abraham ties Isaac and, and, and places him on, on the altar to offer to God. And as Abraham raises his knife, he's about to, to, to drive the knife through his quivering son's body. The Bible says an angel said, Abraham, don't harm the, don't harm the, the boy. He said, look, over there caught in the thicket, there's a ram. Take that ram and sacrifice that ram instead. Abraham looks over there and caught up in the vines and in the thorns is a ram. And his horns are, are caught. He can't get out. And it's like vines and thorns all around his horns. It's as though he had a crown of thorns on his head. And the Bible says, Abraham undone Isaac, and they got that ram, and they sacrificed that ram. God provided a substitute. Real quick, I'm going to hurry. Real quick, there's another story. In Jesus' own crucifixion, in Jesus' own trial and his own crucifixion story, Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. Pilate knew that, that Jesus, he, he, he knew that, that, he, he, that Jesus didn't deserve to be put to death, but, but Pilate was at the mercy of all the crowd. You see, the religious leaders wanted Jesus put to death. The, the, the mob, the religious leaders had worked them up into a frenzy, and they wanted Jesus put to death. So Pilate, trying to figure out a way to get out of the pickle that he was in, he decided, I know what I'll do. I know what I'll do. There's this man named Barabbas. Barabbas is a vile man. Barabbas is a thief. Barabbas is a murderer. Barabbas is deserving of death. He says, I, 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 you know, at this time of year, it's customary that, that I release one prisoner to the crowd. I'll offer them Barabbas or Jesus, and in Pilate's mind, surely they'll, they'll say, give us Jesus. And the Bible says, when Pilate said, who do you want me to release to you? The crowd said, Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Pilate said, but, but what about Jesus? What about Jesus? What do you want me to do with Jesus? And the crowd cried, crucify him. Crucify him. And I could just see that day, Brother Robert, as they led old Barabbas out of his jail cell. And the Roman guard, as he leads him to the to the doorway to turn him loose. And he says, he looks over at Barabbas and he said, you got to be the luckiest man in, in all the world. He says, Barabbas, do you see those three crosses over there? Do you see that man hanging on that middle cross? Barabbas, you're free today because he took your place. You're free today because Jesus became your substitute. You see, the reality of it is tonight, we often say that Jesus died for us, and he did. 
But more accurately, Jesus died instead of us. Jesus was my substitute. Jesus was your substitute. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became my sin. I became his righteousness. Praise God. Jesus became, uh, he, he was my sin. As he hung on the cross and he suffered and died, Jesus fulfilled God's substitutionary purpose. Why the cross? Because God loves you. God loves you more than you'll ever begin to imagine. Why the cross? Finally, because it was God's will. Y'all hear me now. It was God's will. Do you know the Bible says it pleased God to bruise him and to put him to grief? Because it was God's will. The Bible says it's not God's will that any of us should perish, but, but, but God is patient. He is long-suffering because he's not willing that anyone should perish, but they would, we would all come to repentance. It was God's will that Jesus die so you and I could be saved. We often act like the cross of Christ was some kind of plan B after, after uh, the, the, the law uh, failed that we think that, well, Christ was some kind of plan B after the law of Moses failed. That, that's not the case. That's not the case. The truth of the matter is the cross was God's plan all along. The, the cross was God's plan from the beginning. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. In other words, Jesus came into the world with one mission and one purpose, and that mission and that purpose was the cross of Calvary, to die for me and to die for you. Jesus lived from the time he was born until he went to the cross. Jesus lived every day of his life, Brother Robert, in the shadow of the cross. Jesus knew that he came to die. He knew. He, he prophesied it. He, he told his disciples about it. He prayed about it. He even grieved over it in the garden. Jesus knew his hour had come. Jesus knew his purpose the whole time he was here. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, I'm going to read this real quick. In Hebrews chapter 10, um, beginning in verse 4. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 4. For it is not possible that the, the blood of bulls and goats can take away sins. Therefore, when he came, talking about Jesus, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, you had no pleasure. Listen to this, church. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. The reality of it is, the cross of Calvary was the will of God. Jesus said, I've come. 
I've come to do your will. Previously saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and, and, and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. Oh, God, he he takes away the first that he may establish the second. By this will, look at this church, by this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By this will, the will of God. You see, the reality of it is tonight, the cross of Calvary is the will of God. So why the cross? It's simple. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be saved. You see, the reality of it is tonight, the cross was necessary because God's holy. The cross was necessary because God loves you. The cross was necessary because it is God's will. But I want you to understand tonight, it's also God's will that we be saved. I said it a while ago. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, God is patient toward us because it is, he's not willing, it is not his will that any should perish, but that we might all come to repentance. Jesus went to Calvary because God loves you so much. He wants you to be saved. Why the cross? Because he loves us. There was a time in my life when I felt like I was trapped in a place of darkness. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was living in sin. I was, I, I was living a life of sin, and I knew it. Brother Barry, I knew I was in darkness. I knew I was in sin. I knew that, that my life was on a pathway of destruction, but the reality of it is I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do about it. I had a lot of church folk tell me, boy, if you don't straighten up, you're going to hell. I already knew that. Sometimes we church folk forget what it was like to be lost. Well, if you don't straighten up, you're going to hell. But one day I remember on a Friday night, on a Friday night, just like this, in October of 1990, I heard a preacher say something just like this. I heard a preacher say, you may be lost, but you don't have to be. I heard a preacher say, you, you may be living in darkness but you don't have to be. I heard a preacher say that you may be on the pathway to destruction tonight, but you don't have to be. That's not God's plan for you. Can I tell you tonight? You may be lost. You don't have to be. You may be on the pathway to destruction. You don't have to be. That's not God's plan for you. That's not God's desire for you. Tonight, God loves you. Tonight, 
Jesus died instead of you. He, he became your substitute so that you don't have to endure the penalty of eternal death. On that Friday night, I knelt down at the altar of West, of West County Line Baptist Church in Ock. And I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you tonight, if you don't know him, you can be saved. If you don't know him tonight, he's waiting for you. See, Jesus already stretched out his arms. He did it on the cross. And he's waiting for you. And, and, and so tonight, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18, Christ suffered the just for the unjust to bring us to God. Jesus died so that we might be saved. Listen to me tonight. I'm about to close. I'm about to have a word of prayer. I'm going to turn it over to Brother Barry, and I'm going to ask Brother Barry to come and complete the service ever how he sees fit. But I want you to understand something tonight. You may be lost, and you know it, and you say, I just I don't know what to do. Just come to Jesus. The reality of it is he's already done everything necessary for you to be saved. All you got to do is embrace it. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Brother Gary, I'm just really not sure. Let me encourage you tonight. Make sure. Make sure. Maybe you're a church member. And you say, Brother Gary, I'm saved, but I'm just not where I need to be. Can I tell you that same blood? The Bible says we confess our sins, that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Time to come home. See, the reality of it is we're about to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Can I tell you, the celebration will be a whole lot greater when we unfold. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much tonight for your love, for your mercy and grace. Father, I thank you tonight that you love us more than we can ever begin to imagine. And Father, I thank you tonight that Jesus has already done everything that's necessary for us to be born again and to be cleansed of our sins. And Father, I pray tonight, God, that if there's one here tonight that don't know you, Father, that you would draw them. God, I pray tonight there's one here tonight that isn't sure, Father, that you would, you would give them the assurance that they need. And Father, for those of us who maybe have just gotten out of fellowship, maybe just not been where we need to be, Father, I just pray, God, that you would, you would stir our hearts and God bring us to a place of repentance and renewal. Lord, that Jesus Christ will be glorified in everything said and done. Father, have your way in this place. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.